Alright guys, welcome back to the Graveyard. I'm the Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for another episode of Graveyard Gaming Update. Where to even begin? I've played a few games here and there over the last couple weeks I want to talk about, but I've also played and completed a few more games that I wanted to give you a little mini review for. First up is I want to talk about Witcher 3. I was doing a few of the side quests that I had never finished in the main game or in the DLC expansions. And I wanted to do a lot of point of interest, just to kind of jump in that world and have fun with it. A good friend of the show, Hulking Yoda, you can catch his show, Lost at Sea Gaming. He finally got to the Blood and Wine expansion, and it just made me want to get back in that world. Especially, we're riding high, we're witchers, definitely in our pop culture, where a few months ago we had that awesome Netflix series. So I jumped in it. Really, what I focused on was, like I said, some of those side missions and also a lot of the points of interest. I did end up going and completing all the points of interest for the expansion city of Trusan from Blood and Wine. And I gotta say, I loved getting back in the world, just having fun with it for a little bit. Some of the side missions were great. I didn't have a lot left in the world, but I will say one of the standouts was helping a lady out. You have to take some hallucinogens, and that leads to some conversation with your horse, Roach. Yes, you have conversations with them, and they are outstanding. It was a lot of fun. After that, I was sitting there, and I was looking at my games, and I said, you know, I don't know how I got a PS3 copy of Assassin's Creed 2 somehow over the years. But I had beaten Assassin's Creed 2 years ago when it first came out on the 360. So I'm sitting there looking at this game like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I'll spend a few hours playing it. I spent about two hours. That got me from the beginning of the game till, you know, you're well on your way of becoming an assassin as Ezio. And I got to say, it was a lot of fun. I can instantly see just from the first few hours of the game why that game was such an impactful game back in the day. Why it still holds a lot of fond memories for gamers. Because it definitely got me wrapped into it. Even the tutorial missions are really well done to where you don't feel like, oh boy, just move on already. Which, unfortunately, you deal with a lot in a lot of older Assassin's Creed games. So I said I had a few mini-reviews, and the first one is Kingdom Hearts 2.5 from the PS4 collection, which I didn't play Kingdom Hearts 1 until a few months ago from that same collection. I gave it a few months, jumped back in it, and I want to talk about that game and give you kind of my thoughts on it. First off, the graphics are really well done. Sometimes we have games that get this remastered edition, and they really don't look good. There's a little bit of a buffering for the graphics, but in this game, they really look clean. The colors are bright. The lines are sharp. I mean, it really does look like something that was probably... You, you, you could have told me that with the art style and everything, it was made for PS4, and I would have believed you. It looks really, really good. Gameplay-wise, if you enjoy the gameplay from Kingdom Hearts 1, you'll still enjoy it in here. I personally did. Now, don't get me wrong. I do sort of wish that when you go into the menu and try to heal yourself that the combat would pause because that can be cumbersome trying to dodge while still trying to get to your health. But at the end of the day, it was fun. It was enjoyable. But then you get to the story, and the story is kind of a mixed bag. Like, it's interesting, and at the same time, confusing. The problem, I feel like, is a lot of times they take five minutes to explain something that could have been explained in 30 seconds. And what that does is make the explanation long and confusing. 
this causes some unnecessarily long cutscenes. And I'm a guy that usually doesn't have a problem with long cutscenes. I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. I'm a huge fan of Death Stranding. Both of those games have long cutscenes. But in this game, it just feels too much like filler and talking around yourself. The world you go to in this game, they're a highlight as well. And I like the story each world did. I even like how the Little Mermaid world was a more of a mini-game world because in the first game, I didn't like the swimming. So making it just a mini-game area you go to was kind of fun because you still got to go to that world, still got to experience the story, but you didn't have to worry about swimming and all the hassles that came with that. My problem was that in this game, you play a handful of worlds, then you go back to one of the hub worlds of the game, then you just go back to those same worlds you've already visited. Whereas in the first game, you would do a handful of worlds, then you went to a whole new set of worlds. So this game, it just doesn't feel as fresh. Yeah, the, the story, the second time you go back to it, it's they're interesting, but it's still the same place you've already been. But my biggest issue with this game was definitely the beginning of the game and the ending of the game. The beginning level was about five hours of some of the most boring missions I've played in a very long time. You could tell they were setting up for the story, but the execution was just dry, boring, and almost had me wanting to quit before I even started the game, really. The other part, that final chapter, it just went on way too long. Honestly, they could have spread some of those boss fights throughout the game and it would have came out a lot better, but putting them all at the end, trying to wrap the story up, it almost had me begging for it to just end. But here's the thing, the important part about the game. The big chunk of the game, between the beginning, between the end, was really well done. Going to those different worlds, the combat, the story you had. I liked a lot of what you did here. I liked exploring in these worlds. It has me wanting to play the rest of the games on that collection, or at least try them out. It's got me wanting to try Kingdom Hearts 3, so I want to give it a relive or a remembered score because it is an older game relive meaning hey maybe you're playing this game for a second time or a third time you're still going to get enjoyment out of it or maybe it's the first time you've ever played it hey it's a few generations old but there's still a lot to love here and you'll have no problem remember means you know what as much as you liked it back in the day or as much as you think you'd like to play it now you might just want to leave this game in in the past it's hasn't aged that well. This game, strictly because of how much fun I had in the main portion of the game, it's gonna get a relive. But I gotta say, it was really close to getting remembered just because of the beginning and the end. Next up was Hitman Contracts. I plan on doing a Hitman series review just like I did for the Uncharted one very soon, so be on the lookout for that. So I had played a few levels of this game when it released 16 years ago, but for some reason, I didn't play it past the third mission. So about seven years ago when the Hitman Trilogy HD collection came out for the PS3, I picked it up, but honestly, I never did that much with it. And as a side note, I just want to say, I think this game would have benefited from what Microsoft did with their Halo Master Chief collection. In fact, a lot of these remaster games that are kind of level-based would benefit from that. And what that is, when you load up that Halo Master Chief collection from the very first time you load it up, every game in that collection, which has grown over the years, every level is available for you to jump in and play. You only want to play level 5 of Halo 2 and level 
three of Halo 2, guess what? You just put them on a playlist and you play. You just want to jump in halfway through Halo 2 and finish the game like I did a few months ago? It's all you got to do. The Hitman collection would have benefited from that so much. Because as great as the Hitman levels are, always have those levels you just want to jump right to. And that was my problem. But anyway, let's get back to Hitman Contracts. On a whim, I just started playing Contracts, and I almost was immediately sucked into it. And I wanted to let you know if 16 years later in one HD port, if this is a relive or a remember. So just like the Kingdom Hearts HD port that I talked about, this game actually looks really good. To be clear, this is a PS3 remaster of a PS2 game. But the colors look really well, the lines are really well done, there's not a lot of fuzziness in the background, everything looks clean. Some of the areas are very spacious but they're empty at times, however some of the areas are small, tight rooms but they're full of NPCs. So it's really cool to go into a room and just see a ton of people. But it's kind of awkward when you run down the streets and it's just you and maybe one other person. Gameplay is really tight. Now this is the old school style of Hitman. Hitman Absolution kind of evolved the gameplay into what we typically have in a third person game. These original games, they're a little bit different. They're a slower pace. Holding down the sneak button is kind of uh, annoying at times. But it's nothing that's going to throw you off of playing. But what I really want to talk about is the level design. How well it is done. I was constantly blown away by how complex the levels could be just trying to get a silent assassin. Sure, you can run and gun it through a lot of these levels. But let's be real, it's Hitman. You want to experiment. You want to try to find the coolest way to get all your targets taken out. And you want to see how close to silent assassin you can get on these levels. One of the coolest levels I did, and I got the Silent Assassin for it, is you had two factions. You had the Blue Triad and the Red Triad. And you had the Blue Triad was meeting up with the police chief at dinner. Well, you had to kill the Blue Triad and you had to kill the police chief, but you had to make it look like the Red Triad members did it. And you also had to take out the Red Triad member as well. How you did that, at least how I did that, was absolutely crazy. It was one of those things as I kept experimenting, trying to figure out, am I gonna snipe this dude? Like, how can I take these two guys out, make it look like this guy while still taking this dude out? Was insane, but man, the technique I used when I realized what my option was, was so cool. I loved it. I was just sitting there beaming like, dude, this was, this was awesome. Ultimately, I finished the game blown away that years ago I didn't get sucked into this game and I don't know how because I had loved Hitman 2 Silent Assassins a few years earlier. This is easily a relive and I'd actually say it's a very overlooked title from that era. After that I was kind of on a high and you gotta understand Contracts takes place between two levels of Hitman Blood Money, the next game in the series. So I kind of wanted to jump back into that game and just kind of see if I could see where it fit in. And that led me to playing through that game and and for the review for that one I'm gonna make it easy because people have loved this game since it released. Blood Money was great then, it's still easily a relive. Some of these missions are just classic iconic missions and going from contracts to Blood Money you really get to see more of what was going on with the story. I know when I originally played Blood Money I was kind of thrown off by what exactly the story was, it never really stuck with me, but now playing it 
after contracts and how honestly deep the story is in contracts, I really got a lot out of that story as well. So both of those games are relive. I don't know if you can get them on PlayStation Now. I don't know if you can get them on the Game Pass. If you can, definitely check it out. If you play on PC, you can get both these games. You can get all the Hitman games on Steam from my understanding. My good friend Mr. C, who has a YouTube show called Gaming with Mr. C, loves Mafia 2. And when they released the Mafia 2 remaster, he actually sent it to me. Now, I had never played Mafia 1 or 2, so I was kind of excited to jump in this game and check it out, especially since his recommendation was so high. The story is the first thing that needs to be talked about because it's fantastic. It is a classic mobster movie with characters that I really liked. Your character Vito starts off as a returning vet from World War II and is introduced into the Mafia lifestyle from his good childhood friend Joe. And I'm going to be honest, I thought Joe was going to be one of those annoying characters, and he is absolutely not you will love joe throughout this game in fact you'll love almost every character you're supposed to love or like in this game the story goes through a whole gauntlet from a chapter set into a prison to having to escape a house without getting caught by somebody which could lead you into hiding in some of the craziest hiding spots it was a total blast throughout the game there is actually one scene where you come up on somebody and they are getting butchered and is insane to think about. Gameplay wise, it's really well done. Driving feels tight and responsive and shooting's also really well done. I don't know if that's an improvement from 2010, but it feels really good here in this remaster. The game only took me about 12 hours to complete because this is a linear game set in a sandbox world. By no means is that a bad thing. There's just not side missions to do to complete it. So while there's a few things you can do between missions, don't expect to spend a lot of time just grinding outside missions, which is fine because the story is so well done, I think your focus stays where it needs to be in this game. But I do have to point out a few flaws. I want to be clear, I don't consider them Mafia 2 flaws, I consider them probably a rushed remaster flaws. For one, the graphics for the most part do look cleaned up, but then there's sometimes where they just don't. Like, they just look a little bit like, oh, okay, we switched back to 2010 out of some nowhere. Also, I encountered several bugs in the game. Sometimes you'd load up the game and the 2K symbol would just stay on your screen the entire time you were trying to play. Other times, I had the game completely boot me out back to the dashboard a few times. I don't know what's up with it. I think these can all be rectified with a patch. But at the end of the day, is this a relive? Is it a remembered? It's totally a relive. These issues, they're part of the remaster. They're small issues. They can get cleaned up. After that, I went back to Mafia 3. I thought I was just going to do the DLC, but I ended up playing a lot of side content I hadn't completed when I had originally played through the game. Now, when I played through the game, my review at that time was an even 8.0. I thought it was really great, but I thought some of the side content and the rackets were just repetitive. Going back a couple years later, I didn't feel that repetitiveness, and I loved playing these side missions. I loved doing the favors for your three lieutenants. And I actually really enjoyed the simple but fun little missions to build up each of your rackets. I was sucked back into the game ultimately because of this awesome gameplay, a killer soundtrack, and just the total vibe of the game. 
Once I had completed all the side content, I moved on to the now free DLC. And since it's now free, I won't get too deep into the stories and what happens in the DLC, but I wanted to give you an overview of them. Faster Baby was the first one I played, and it honestly was a straight blast. I had a lot of fun with this. It deals with the new parish's police forces corruption. And honestly, it's done with a lot of vehicle mayhem. It reminded me a lot of watching a very violent Dukes of Hazard. Honestly, one mission reminded me of a scene out of the Terminator movie. I had a lot of fun with this. Stones Unturned was not what I expected going into it. Me and Hulking Yoda actually talked several times how we thought it was a flashback story based in Lincoln Clay's time in Vietnam. But that's not at all what this is. This is more about Lincoln's friend Donovan needing help tracking down a ghost from his past from the Vietnam time. What you get is more action in this game. You actually get a new sniper shot ability move. And you get to go to a new island slash jungle type area. This DLC had a total 80s action vibe to it. I absolutely loved it. I had a ton of fun. Sign of the Times was more about investigating some areas. See, Lincoln Clay comes across a young lady. He's trying to help her. And that involves him getting deep into this cult around the area and what happens is you go to a few places and you have to investigate and see what you can figure out at the same time it is very creepy now this could have felt overplayed because it's one of those times where you walk in you start coughing and you're realizing uh oh there's some hallucinogens and how many times have we seen that over the years we've even had that happen in a batman game but here it wasn't overplayed it wasn't too reliant on psychedelics what it did was just enhance the creepiness and man, there were a few times that I actually jumped because I did not expect something to happen. I loved it. It was a great one. Overall, all three DLCs were different from what you'd been doing in the base game, so they felt fresh. But they also had great and interesting stories that matched up with the base game story as well. My only slide is that some of the trophies from the DLC are cumulative and based on certain combat techniques or activities you learn in the DLCs. But since I had completed the base activity to 100% before even starting the DLCs, it made for a lot of times of just waiting for something to be ready, or running out of enemies to grind out some of the combat trophies. I won't really say that's a bad thing. I think if you've never played the game and you buy the Definitive Edition now, and you can start playing these DLCs early in the game, you're not going to have a problem with this. And ultimately, if you do go back to this game to play the DLCs and you've got the side content, maybe play the DLCs first, and then while you're waiting for these activities to go, then go back to those side content as well. The DLC packs combined, it's going to get a solid 9. They're all 2-3 to three hours in length, they're not too long, but they don't wear out their welcome either. It's an absolute blast, and honestly the best part is if you own the game, you've never bought them, they're all free right now. Since I gave Mafia 3 an 8 when it first came out and I first played through it, adding the DLC and giving this Definitive Edition, I would actually raise the Definitive Edition review score to an 8.75. There's a lot here. This is a fantastic game. And for that, I want to give this my first Game of the Episode award because... I absolutely loved my time with Mafia 3. I didn't expect to love the DLC, especially all three of them, as much as I did, but I loved all three episodes. So if you've never played Mafia 3, go check it out. And if you've played it and you've never touched the DLC, 
do yourself a favor, play the DLC. So what's next on my list? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to Hitman 2, maybe even Hitman 2 Silent Assassins. Maybe some of the Kingdom Hearts game on that collection that I got. For the first time in a long time, I don't have a game plan, and I don't have a game waiting for me to play. That's because I finally did it. I completed my backlog. I have talked about having a backlog for years, and at times it was actually almost stressful having games just sitting there waiting to be played. Maybe they were gifts, or they were bought on these sales that I considered rainy day games. The problem is those rainy days never came. So a lot of times I'd have all intentions of playing these games, but by the time I finished the game I was playing, oh look at that, another new shiny game is coming out and I'm never getting to these games I bought on sale. At the end of the day, my job is taking me away from my family for the past 14 months and I'd hope to get through a lot of my backlog in that time and surprisingly, even with adding games along the way, I did it. 55 games in the last 14 months is what I got through. Some of those games had been sitting on my PS3 for years, so I wasn't expecting to be able to play through them all, but I did. Even getting to borrow an Xbox One and playing through the games I did on that, I didn't expect that, but I was able to do it. It's a great feeling. Last generation, I was able to replay games and spend a lot of time on certain games, but with the rise of digital games this generation, I found myself constantly getting games on the cheap. Ultimately, this did work out for me as I was able to play a lot of games I wouldn't have played before. But I've decided at that same time that I'm not going to take advantage of sale prices for rainy day games unless I actually plan on getting to that game soon. No more just buying a game like, oh man, it's 30% off. I'm going to play this and hopefully I'll get to it this summer. For me, i got to stick with it. Hey, I'm going to get to that game as soon as I've finished the game I'm on right now. Only problem I have is I've got nothing to play right now until The Last of Us 2 comes out. So guys, you can find me on Instagram as The Graveyard Gamer. You can find me on Twitter as The Graveyard Gamer. Till next time, I'll be keeping around the graveyard. Yeah.